sometimes unconventional, but always entertaining. They're kooky and they're spooky. It's time to cross to the other side. Welcome to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Spooky Sundays radio show on Newcastle Live with Anne and Renata, your paranormal investigators extraordinaires. Don't know what else to say about us. I'm sounding very sexy tonight. I've got my (sighs) asthmatic voice on. Have you been listening to the YouTube videos, Renata? All I can hear is me going... (sighs) (sighs) All the way through them. Look, you're just going to have to learn to sit back. When it's not your turn? But I I hold the camera away from me, and we've got little personal microphones on. Yeah, well, it's catching that. You're going to have to just stop breathing. Stop breathing. That that will be fine. That that will sort Maybe I need a fluffy on it. What they call it? A dead rabbit Mm. or something like that. Dead cat. They call it dead cat. Put that on there, and that will stop the the Darth Vader impressions. Have you had a good week, Renata? Yes, yes, we've had, uh, we did some secret squirrel business earlier on in the week for something that's going to be happening um, around Halloween, remember? Oh, yes, Mm. I was deathly ill at that stage. Yes. I've been testing for Rona all week, morning and night, because I got given all these free tests, and I never tested positive, so it's not Rona, it's just something else that's horrid. Yeah, just another flu thing going on. So we did that, and then uh, we had another interview with our uh, lovely Kayla. Oh, Kayla from, um, um, she's not from Prague. She's from, not Germany, Brussels. Brussels. Belgium. Yes. Brussels or Belgium. I can't remember. And we're going to be on her podcast Mm -hmm. in October sometime as well. And uh, then we uh, did some paranormal investigations and um, it's been a busy week. It has. Did some recording, did some research. And we were at Gloucester. Last night. Yes, beautiful. And normally concert. we have a lovely weekend away. We go and stay in a little motel somewhere, not cheap and cheerful, clean, cheap and cheerful. And uh, then we have an early dinner at the club with Daniela. And uh, then, yeah, we go do the investigation in the forest, which is just delicious. I'm sure that's why I'm feeling better today. Of course. And then the next morning we normally go to Roadies for breakfast. And it's like a little mini holiday for us, isn't it? It is. But what happened, Renata? Well, the rodeo was on. (laughs) The rodeo was on its crowd. Geez, there was some sexy asses in that horse ring. And, um, yeah, there was no accommodation to be found anywhere. Nope. Because there is not a lot of accommodation in Stroud itself, people were driving up to half an hour, an hour away from there to be able to attend to the rodeo. Rodeo? Rodeo. What do we call it? I don't know. One of those two. Yeah. Um, yeah, but oh my my heavens, there was some horses with big, round, shiny butts that were down there at the back of the oval. They were beautiful-looking animals. Yes. Yep. And I bet they're well-loved and pampered. Uh, listen, do you want to hear my news of the week or not? Oh, I'm quite happy to prattle on about nothing. Yeah, I know you are. Oh, so I'm I thought I'd just talk. break in and oh, okay. uh, tell you about news of the week. Okay. Of course, it comes from the mirror where all good things come. And uh, I did post a photo that goes with this story up online. And for those that aren't playing along, what you actually see is a photo photo of the ceiling and some weird footprints on the ceiling 
Uh, and here is the story. It says a couple left their home in China and returned terrified to find footprints across the ceiling of one room. They had left the house empty and now ask if science can explain the mystery. Oh, really? Mm. After mysterious footprints appeared on his living room ceiling, a man took a so- to social media for answers. The because home- that's where you find your answers. Absolutely. If you need that good, is where solid- the truth is. Absolutely. And good, solid knowledge there on Facebook land. Yes. The homeowner, Mr. Liu, from north central China's Ningchai region, said he was baffled by the strange occurrence that took place in his empty house when he discovered clearly defined footprints on his ceiling after being out for half a day. Now, these do look like footprints on a ceiling. Really weird. Mr. Liu said the ceiling was perfectly clean when he and his wife left home in the afternoon, but upon their return at night, he was stunned to find the ceiling in his living room looked like someone had walked over it with dirty shoes. In a video filmed by Liu himself, the prints can be clearly seen spread across one part of the ceiling. He said he and his wife were scared throughout the whole night and in the morning they checked and found the footprints were still there. You creepy. Liu shared the video on China's version of TikTok with the caption, Can science explain this? It suddenly appeared when I got home. Our home was renovated over a decade ago and we can confirm there were not there before. It's quite unsettling. One user titled Zix commented, The evil ghost is coming. Are you satisfied with this answer? Um, no. <sighs> Another user titled Guang Guao wrote, I'm oh, doing Wang. my best. How you doing, I, Wang? I'm do, I doing my best. The previous owner must be back. User Brother Peng said, the only explainable reason for this is that the footprints were stepped on before the ceiling was installed. Wang it may and have Peng been would know. basically invisible, but because became visible due to the consent, consent, condensation or smoke. Sorry. But Mr. Liu replied, this is definitely not the case. No, because they know what it is. No, a final user, DD underscore BD, wrote, the other scientific explanation would be if you have children at home who use shoes to kill the bugs on the <coughs> ceiling. <laughs> oh, no, we do that in Australia. We, yes. th- we throw our thongs onto the ceiling to kill the spiders. This uh, in, in America, please know that that is our flip-flops. We don't... <laughs> We don't we don't fling our G strings at the spiders to kill them. You Although, could try. if the size of mine, it possibly could. Not that I own one. <laughs> You'd be forever picking those, those things out of your crack. Some of those spo- excuse me. Some of those spiders are so big that a, a thong wouldn't even touch no. the sides. No, you'd dislodge them and then they'd fall on you. Then you've got to run screaming. Sorry, Emmy. Yogurts. Yogurts. <laughs> this news comes after Beijing Youth Daily reported that court in the same area, um, Huizong, hired a man to live stream his house. Ugh, so okay. they can yeah. watch it. He, yeah, he hired uh, a man to live stream his house. This isn't written properly. Uh, for over 24 hours, where a suicide had happened to satisfy the anxieties of potential bidders at an auction. Oh, Wuzong right. District People's Court in Shuzhou, 
Jiangsu province decided to convince buyers that the apartment was haunted at, after its previous owners committed suicide by burning coal in it. The live stream started at 10am on November the 9th with a judge and a man introducing the apartment. Over 40,000 people watched the program during which the man did workouts, ate and slept in the apartment. The Wuzhong, Wuzhong region features mosques with unique architecture and different styles everywhere. Wuzhong is one of the main settlements of the Hue people. In <laughs> I like the Hue. I can't do any more. Um, You're doing a fabulous job. So I'm what, loving it. What they're trying to say is that even though this guy has reported these footprints on the ceiling and if you go to newcastle ghost tours you'll actually see the photo of this newcastle ghost tours or newcastle live newcastle ghost tours oh there is no newcastle live stream anymore No, but there's a newcastle live page no can't get onto that anyway that's another story we've got to be approved um i don't think we've been approved yeah then uh you'll see the this photo louise pain point what they're trying to say is that Please, if you're going to buy a home, don't miss out on Wuzhong because there are great places to play. Not everywhere is haunted. Please believe not everywhere is haunted. It still doesn't get to the fact of how these footprints are on the ceiling. And, you know, I, I tend to believe the fellow who wrote that they were probably stepped on by the workers yeah. when it was being installed. And um, maybe some smoke or some condensation has now made them appear. Or a bit of dust. Or if they've been smoking in the house yeah. then um, or burning incense or anything like that. And they've, yeah, they've never noticed them. It would them. stick to the greasy bits. They have never noticed them. And yes. one day they looked up. How often do people look up when they're walking down the street? Not very often. Not very often. So no. they, they miss a lot. There could have been a UFO flying straight overhead and they didn't even see it. Hmm. Is that it? True. That's it. You've got another five minutes to fill. Keep going. <laughs> you stopped me talking and said you wanted to do your story. Well, you've got another five minutes. <laughs> um, well, we did do a documentary uh, a couple of months ago for some lovely local people from Scary Clown Productions. Yes, we did. And I have to say that they actually put that documentary in an overseas um, competition. Yeah. And they have been um, <coughs> finalists. They've become oh, finalists. they're finalists. Yeah. So it's not even a nomination. They're finalists. They, yes. Without yeah. ugly mugs in it. Yes. Ooh. Yeah. Well Absolutely. done. So well done. Good on you. It's at um, Scary Clown Productions. Yeah. Uh, and thank you for spending the time to do the documentary with us. And we, we, were, um, we became a little bit of a diva when it came to the editing, didn't we? Yes. We said, that's not good enough. We'd, we'd like this and we'd like that. And <laughs> oh, no, it's just that we've got some experience now. <laughs> we know everything. No, just, just a we've little. done a lot. We've done a lot of filming mm-hmm. and we've seen how they've edited it together and we sort of know what people like. So we made a few little suggestions and um, she was very, very gracious in taking it on. Um, and I thought it looked heaps good. So if anyone hasn't seen that yet, I think it's on Scary Clown Productions. If you have a look on, uh, they're on Instagram and I think they've got a Facebook page. I'm not sure if it's a pay-per-view thing, uh, but it's around somewhere. We'll see if we can find it during yeah, the break. Even if we can just put a, um, a teaser. That would be good. Oh, a little bit of a tease. We like a tease. I do like a tease. Mm. Uh, speaking of teasing, um, Saturday week we fly out. Oh, yes. 
And we're, we're going to go down on Friday because I'm one of these nervous people that if I know the flight is leaving on, like, uh, before midday, then I need to stay close by overnight because I freak out that we'll be stuck in a car um, accident on the freeway or behind a truck breakdown or the trains will break down and we won't be able to get there because it's it's oh it's happened twice not to me but once to my son who got stuck on the train going to the airport there was some sort of breakdown with the the railway and he actually got his hammock out and strung it up between a couple of chairs and had a sleep but he only just made it and it was because he had no luggage that he was able to get on wow uh and my dad they also had bushfires and things that were going on and uh he ended up having to book a flight a flight from Newcastle Airport to get down to Sydney. Mm, yeah. Because there was no other way for him to get there. So I always prefer to stay the night before we fly. I'm precious. So if if you are uh, watching us live at the moment, why don't you put into the comments where you would like us to go and, and what do you'd like us to eat a, a video while we are in New Orleans, and yes. Where, what would you like us to eat? Because one of the things we're going to do this time is try out as many fast food places as possible and f- and video it. Video us eating American food from fast food places. So let us know where, what you would like us to try. And we've got a question from Cam just before we go to the song. Apparently Cam saw us or saw you at, um, they were doing the uh, Maitland Jail history tour and spotted us at the end and they were fanning a little bit and were a bit too scared to come and say hello. Always come and say hello. Always come and say hello. We love people saying hello to us because then it makes it realise that people are watching Um, or listening. Uh, Why are the uh, pastel colours at Maitland Jail? Uh, they were there apparently to calm down the uh, prisoners. They, They were supposed to be soothing colours. They're baby colours, I know. Yeah. Baby pink and baby blue. It's supposed to make angry people a lot happier. Yes. <laughs> I'm sure it worked. Yeah, no. <laughs> I don't think it worked. No. Um, all right, we're going to head off to a song uh, and we'll be back straight after this with... Oh, what are we up to now? Oh. Everyone's favourite favourite Except for part, me. Except for the me. ABC of Mythical Creatures. What are you up to? You nearly finished this I'm rubbish. I'm on cue. Oh, thank God. And I'm matching up with your story tonight. So please, hello. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Oh, it's great to be back in studio again, Renata, even if it's only for another week. And uh, now, oh, I haven't even got my notes out. It is, oh, the uh, time that we do the ABC of Mythical Creatures, Renata's favourite segment, because um, don't you be bashing that microphone over there and stealing my thunder. She's trying to sign language to the people that are watching on YouTube Live. If you want to go back and watch that YouTube Live at any time, just look for Anne and Renata Frightfully Good on YouTube and you'll find us. Or Ghost Grannies or something like that. Um, Q. Now, what am I going to come up with for Q? That's oh, a tricky one, has isn't no it? no idea, Anne. Just surprised me. Well, I went to East Asia. Uh-huh. See, I, I've... You've researched. I did, and I've I've uh, sidled up to you with your opening story with the footprints on the ceiling, uh-huh. and we're going to be talking about a creature called the Q I L I N. 
Now, do you know how you say that? It looks like quillen. Yeah. But apparently uh, in Japanese context, context it's kirin. Okay. Because they can't say L. <laughs> right. no, I'm not joking. It, it actually says kirin mm-hmm. in Japanese, but um, I think it might be like kirin. Uh, so this is a mythical creature from various East Asian countries. And... You're going to recognise it as soon as I describe what it sounds, what it um, looks like. You'll you'll know. So it normally has a dragon-like head, deer antlers, scales covering its body, hooves of a horse, and a tail off, often resembling that of an ox or a lion. Nothing comes to mind. Ed. Really, you haven't seen those sorts of creatures? No, no, not at all. It actually reminds me about the dragon they have um, in Wales that we saw too. Yeah, but this you said it had deer, deer antlers. Deer antlers, dragon oh, head, scales. Okay. It sounds like they're taking a little bit from every creature on the earth just in case they don't, they don't want to offend anyone. No. So. But this is not a nasty creature. This is a nice one. Really? Yeah, so is a it? lot of them are dangerous and, and uh, malevolent, but the killin or kitten is a positive one. Oh. It's a gentle creature. Oh. And if you see one, it means that you are going to have prosperity and serenity. Right. It's probably why you don't know what it looks like. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Could be true. Could be true. Could be true. Um, so the, the kitten is believed to signify the arrival or passing of a wise or illustrious ruler. One would have appeared on Norfolk Island when they lost their no- their elder. Yes. If they were in Asia, but they're not. Uh, we were on Norfolk Island when one of the elders passed and it was... Um, <laughs> what? That's not funny. In any way, oh, shape or form. Look, I'm looking at one of the pictures that um, Emmy put up as a promotional picture for tonight. Yeah. And Emmy, I am going to strangle you when I see you. You, <laughs> you don't have turn a, around and show you me. You do not have a long time to live. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. You're going to fill her shoes with uh, uh, yogurts? That <laughs> it's just horrid. I like it. Horrid. Uh, all right, so I'm, I've lost where I'm up to now. Oh, all right, the appearance of a kilin is believed to signify. I've said that deja vu. For an example, the kitten appeared to the pregnant mother of Confucius bearing a jade tablet, which I've actually got a story to tell you about that. Mm-hmm. Now. This is interesting. I wonder if Isaac would like to put a, a kitten on his T-shirts for his next lot of merch. Maybe you could have Atticus riding it off into the, the distance. Uh, tales often mention that the kitten would never harm a living thing, even going so far as to avoid walking on grass to prevent damaging it. This vegetarian or vegan nature is in line with its depiction as a wholly benevolent creature. Oh, so sweet. Yes. Now, its voice is very melodious, just like mine, and it's likened to the sound of bells or chimes. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Now, you can see uh, statues of uh, Kirin, Kirin, uh around the place, especially in temples or gardens throughout East Asia uh, and overseas Chinese communities as well. I have to look down in uh, Chinatown in Sydney and see if there's one down there. Uh, they're quite often very intricate and beautifully crafted, and they're acting as guardians or symbols of good fortune. During the festivals, especially the Lunar New Year 
festival. The Keelan dancers, uh, you know, like you've seen the the dragon dancers. Mm-hmm. Well, they have them come out and do their thing as well. Uh, they dance to drums, gongs, and cymbals. That sounds like our regular Saturday night. You will find some of them appearing in TV and film. And apparently brands quite often, like brands and companies, will take the image in these Asian countries and use it as part of their brand because it's a good luck symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yes, yeah. Right. yes. Uh, and they also appear in video games as well. Uh, I'm just trying to find now. Here we go. Here's my story time. Long ago, in the state of Liu, which is now the modern-day Shandong province, Roman's been to the Shandong province, there lived a woman named Yan Zengzai. She was the wife of Shu Liang. He and, uh, yeah, and both were of noble descent. The couple had been married for some time, but were childless. Yan Zengzi. <laughs> I think I've said it a different way. Prayed at the sa- sacred mount for a child. <laughs> well, we all know about Nee. Monty Python does the, the, the shrubbery. <laughs> so she would have been at the shrubbery. So there's a real place called Nee. Um, one day while she was on the mountain, a mystical killing appeared before her. It sounds like I'm saying killing. It's a, a hillbilly. Um, holding before her a jade tablet in its mouth. The jade tablet bore an inscription that read, The sun of the essence of water shall succeed to the withering zoo and be a throneless king. Mm, Mm, That's deep. The sun of the essence of water shall succeed to the withering zoo and be a, ho- a throneless king. Okay, fair enough. The Kilin then uh, gently placed the tablet into Yan Xiangzai lap and disappeared. Taken aback by this mystical encounter, Yan soon discovered that she was pregnant. <gasps> Just call her Mary. Oh. There you go. The child born from this pregnancy was none other than Kong, Kong Kyu. Oh, do you know who Kong Q is? No. Confucius. <gasps> right. <gasps> ah. Ooh, ouch. Oh, ouch. Have you got goosebumps? That, no, but, I mean, who stole the story? Who, who, who did it first? Who did it first? <laughs> who, who wore it better? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. um, so, as foretold by the message of the Gillen, Confucius never became a king or ruler, but his teachings had such profound and lasting impacts that he was regarded as the throneless king. His philosophies would shape the moral and social fabric of Chinese society for millennia. Wow. Now, isn't that an interesting story? That is a very interesting story. I have to give you some points for that. Oh, yay. And especially the association that sort of, you know, the, <coughs> the whole angel well, or it's another mythical coming creature. down, a mythical creature coming down and saying that, you know, a, a virgin will get pregnant. I thought she was married and couldn't have oh, children. Okay. Well, no. Maybe Just that's no. that's the story she told her husband on how she got pregnant. Jeez, oh. oh. <laughs> they do this a lot, don't they, in they history? Do, they tell lies, oh, don't no, they? No, I, I didn't have sex with anyone else, I promise. <laughs> no. It was a, a mythical pregnant. creature. It's, yeah, it was a kitten. <laughs> 
All right. So, have we got any comments coming through on that? Are people? Oh, we have that? plenty of comments. Oh, coming I'm sure through. we do. Uh, what do you think the future is? Oh, okay. We've got some good questions there, Dave. We'll get to those. Uh, we have got people sending through some questions. Oh, and look, we who was first? Who got the first award? It was on Tuesday. It was our Val. It was yep, Val. 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 Yep. Wow, that is a really early first. And we'll find out who was first for Sunday as well. All right, we need to head off to a song. We'll be back after this with Q&A. So, Spicky Chat. Let uh, Write in your, uh, or send in your questions to 0490848886. Apparently um, on YouTube, you've missed out on an 8 and, doesn't matter, Zero four nine zero eight four triple eight six. Oh, I did too. Look at that. I can fix that up shortly. It doesn't matter. We're going to finish the YouTube now and go live. Oop, Danana. Uh, all right, we'll be back after this song. Do you have paranormal questions? Well, we have the answers. It's time for Spooky Chat with Anne and Renata. And it's Spooky Chat time where myself, Anne, paranormal investigator, and Renata, psychic medium investigator, get to share our knowledge with the millions of people that listen to millions, our show. Millions, millions, Zillions. trillions, yeah. bazillions, yes. quadra, millions. duplex, billions. <laughs> to know lots <laughs> lots <laughs> 20 at least 20 people all right i i've just actually found something very interesting to do on chat gpt and um i didn't really i don't know because i just upgraded to the uh professional version just for something to do and uh it's it you can plan a road trip so I've typed in, plan a road trip to haunted, sacred and ruins in County Clare, Ireland. I just picked that one because it was a, a one I knew. Mm-hmm. And it's actually given us day one. You go to the Ennis Friary and have some chips. And then uh, there's a Ghosts of Ennis walking tour. Then day two, you go to the Burren and Kifanora to the Pool and the Brown Dolmen and the Kifanora Cathedral. Then day three, you go to Northern Clare, and it's it's actually listed out all these haunted locations and ruins, and a map for you to well, a, sort of what you can do each day. Mm-hmm. That's insane. Very good. Oh, we're gonna have so much fun, Renata. Now we got a question last Tuesday, actually, mm-hmm. from Val, mm-hmm. uh, who asked us about uh, our adventure to Sedlec Ossuary <gasps> in the Czech Republic. <gasps> and this was one of the places that we were really anticipating on seeing because it is just such an unusual place to go. And um, it was just quite fascinating from the pictures that we'd seen, yeah? Yeah. So uh, when we actually arrived there... And we did a podcast on it. Yeah. When you actually arrived there, and if um, if you're listening, you're not quite sure what an ossuary is, it is a place where they store human bones. Um, and the Sedlec ossuary is quite unique because it is uh, one of just a few places in the world where they've actually placed the bones um, in a very very respectful way but they have literally created the church out of these bones so the interior is decorated with bones um, skulls 
um, bones that become chandeliers. Um, and by saying that, it, it sounds disrespectful, but it's not. It's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Otherwise, these bones would have just been um, um, maybe, I don't know, put, put somewhere. Put in a plague pit somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Instead of displaying the plague bones for you to enjoy. So you kind of, you go in, uh, you go by bus. So uh, we sort of had to head to like an office area where they had some um, items that you could purchase. Of course, we had to buy a T-shirt and uh, they kind of explained the history of the ossuary. Not that the T-shirt fits me. It's a bit small. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah, So they they talked about the ossuary um, and what they did with it and uh, who actually arranged the bones, where the bones <coughs> came from um, and did a, a nice little talk and talked about the real desperate need for this place to be funded because there is no funding. It's the last thing that they're going to fund over there. They're quite poor. It's the Czech Republic, uh, yeah. And, yeah, funding in Ossuary is, yeah, you If you want funding, bring in the tourists. We don't care how you do it. Bring them in. Um, Now, the ossuary is under a church, and the church has actually tilted slightly because of the weight of the church onto the ossuary, which is really an empty hole if you think about it. (coughs) So the church is just a little bit on a lean. They're kind of worried about what's going to happen with the church as the years progress. It's a crypt, really. Yeah, so they're they're going to have to kind of shore it up a bit so that it doesn't cave into the ossuary. It is also surrounded by your normal um, graveyard because it is next to the church, so it is a graveyard. Uh, And uh, there are tours that actually take you down into the ossuary. You're not allowed to spend a lot of time down there. Um, So you can kind of wander around and have a look um, at how it has all been created. There are people down there who kind of take uh, private little tours and you can hear them speaking in all different languages as they try and explain what what this ossuary is about. Do you remember what they did for us with that one? And we went, oh, my God, we want these. The, the microphone set up, everyone had their own little uh, oh, yes. headphones mm-hmm. with a little, like, pack, and um, the guide had her own with a little microphone on it, and she just talked in a normal voice in English uh, and talked about the history, and um, that way they could have several tours going on at the one time and not disturb anyone. Yes, it was awesome. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. And you know, we could actually be, like, down in the ossuary, and she could be up on the steps further away from us, and we could still hear everything she was saying. Yes. Now, did you find it frightening at all, Ed? No. No? Not slightly. What were your feelings while you were down there? Um, I was in awe, in actual fact, uh, to think that somebody had thought to even create this, to take bones and and make them into an altar or a chandelier or a coat of arms for the family. Uh, and the, the man who did it was supposed to be blind. Mm. The, he was a monk, I think, if, they, if I remember the story correctly. Uh, but... The, the way they've been placed together is actually a thing of beauty. Uh, would you be happy to have your bones placed like that? Um, it's certainly different. Um, I don't know. I've kind of never considered it, to be honest, but I'm just going to read you a few facts here. It says that the ossuary is estimated to contain the skeletons of between 40,000 and 70,000 people. Now, I'll just... 
say those numbers again, between 40,000 and 70,000 people whose bones have in many cases been artistically arranged to form decorations and furnishings for the chapel. And of course, the ossuary is one of the most visited tourist attractions in the Czech Republic. Uh, There are four bell-shaped mounds which occupy the corners of the chapel. And the only places that there aren't real skulls are underneath those um, bone ma- bell mounds because a normal skull would crack. Yeah, couldn't. So the they're weight. actually made of um, concrete or something, but you can't you can't tell. No, you wouldn't know. We we had this competition to see who could actually tell. One of the group found yeah, them. Yeah. Now, a chandelier of bones which contains at least one of every bone in the human body hangs in the centre of the nave with garlands of skulls draping the vault. Uh, Other works include piers and um, monstrances, I had to say that right, flanking the altar, a coat of arms of the house of the Schwarzenberg and the signature of Frantisek Rint, also executed in bone on the wall of the entrance. Mm. So it is listed as UNESCO World Heritage Site um, and it is stunningly bizarre and beautiful all at the macabre. same time. Yeah. Very macabre. Um, yeah, and you're not allowed to take photos in there. So luckily Dave Trader had been there a few years beforehand, so he had taken a lot of photos and shared them with us. So um, I, I may have accidentally had my phone open at one stage and <gasps> accidentally tapped the button and got a very awkward, unfocused picture of the two of us in there, <laughs> just to prove we were there. Um, yeah, no, it was great. Now, what other questions do we have, Renata? We've got more because I saw Dave ask some really good yeah, ones. Yeah, we do, we do. Uh, let me get back down to here. Um, oh, Danielle in Ireland, I hope you're well. Um, Catherine Zena would like a shout-out because she's special. Oh, I'm thank special. You, Catherine. You, are, the, you are special. And also to Shane, Yinjamada, Fairy Dragon, Dave, Man, Sky, Becca, and she apologises if she forgot anyone else there. That's lovely. Uh, we have a question here from Leah. Leah said, Are spirits more active at night? Uh, no. From our, from what we know and, and what we have read um even in books from the early 1900s spirits are active in sort of normal hours so you know if they had tasks or things that they were doing or the the place where you're connecting with that spirit energy was more active during the day you're more likely to have a connection or an experience during the day Uh, really the only reason one of the there are many reasons why we go out ghost hunting at night it's normally because there aren't as many people out um, so there's less interference um, from you know general public or noise that is around um, often it's a time people have to go out and investigate they can't investigate during the day um, maybe a site is occupied um, you know if it's a public site or a coffee shop or whatever obviously there are people coming in and out um, and you know you don't get the opportunity to investigate until after hours um, and uh, it's dark, so people kind of assume that there's already that kind of level of, of fear um, and, or excitement that um, the darkness brings with it. 
I guess you associate that with storytelling and um, you know the things that we know of as the stories of ghost hunts that all happen in the dark and there's got to be a torch or a light or something yeah. and it's scary because you don't know what is beyond our, that light. Our senses are heightened. That's yeah. why we like to investigate But no, um, people have encountered ghosts normally during the day just as much as at night time. When humans were active is when the ghosts will appear. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to give Mandy from Utah a big shout out for that beautiful message you sent for me in regards to my dad. That was so kind of you, Mandy. Thank you for your words. But I also want to say that she is a lover a lover of the ABC of superstitions and um, she particularly likes Renata's irritations and the laughter it brings. So this was an old message from May. I just had to read it again just to rub it in. Look, we're going to go to a song. We'll be back after this and we've got more messages from Maxine, Shane, Robert, Dave, Indemara and there's a phone number there that I haven't recognised before. We like newbies. We'll be back straight after this. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Hi, Anne. I know you've taken a spot and it's leading in. That's okay. I have. I have. I just wanted to mention that we have uh, such a huge lineup of tours happening at Maitland Jail between now and Christmas that if you are planning some sort of a end of year function or you know um, a group of your friends or family want to come to the jail to experience a spooky night out get in contact with the jail and either book on uh, one of our tours that is already up and advertised and we have the Ghost Hunting 101 which is just so popular it just books out every time it goes We've up. put extra tours on to yeah. experiences to, to get more people in. And we also have the residents, which we do not have for a long time left. We've just it's been surprising that we've kept it this long, yeah. actually. And uh, that is also available to book. But again, if you are looking for a group event, something that you want to do for the end of year, ring Maitland Jail because they have such a huge number of uh, tours and things that they can supply. Plus, we're there and uh, we can uh, take you on a private ghost hunting 101. We we can't guarantee we're there for every single experience though. Yeah, but also don't forget you can also book in during the week too. So if Fridays and Saturdays are filled up, Mm -hmm. we are available during the week. Yep. Um, uh, I have some more messages here. May I read those now? Sure. Oh, thank you. Uh, Maxine. Hi, Maxine. Wants to know, why don't we go and visit Zach's museum? Now, the reason for that is, Maxine, that's in Las Vegas, which is in Nevada. And that's up north of where and across to the left quite a bit. So the size of America, apparently they can actually put the map of Australia over the top of America and it's about the same size. So if you think of where down in say Melbourne and uh, Zach's museum would be over in Perth. So it's Ooh, it's, it's quite, a way. quite a way away. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're flying to Los Angeles from where we are in New Orleans and that is a four and a half hour flight. So it's quite a way away. Um, Shane, how are you, Shane? Now, Shane has also sent in some songs, so we need to send those to Miss Bonnie as well. Oh, cool. Thanks, Shane. Uh, Shane is saying he's... Shane is saying, I want to swing from the chandelier. Well, maybe not that one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, maybe not that one, yes. Um, What else have we got? Oh, this... 
What's that, Jesus S'mores? I think that was from last week. Oh, no, we're not going to eat chopped liver, Robert. <laughs> now, what is this? Parks NADOC 2023 Person of the Year Award, Jeff Anderson. You know who that is? That's India Mutter. Oh, good on you. Congratulations. He's giving a shout out to himself. I won this award yesterday. That's for the whole town. Oh, that's fabulous. It Congratulations. For our elders. And look, you honestly, you are doing great work, um, even in educating us as well. Yeah. Um, we really appreciate it. We, we love the stories do. you've sent through to us as well. Um, and here we go. Yeah, I know we've got the wrong number, Dave. I'm sorry. What do you think the future is for Ghost Gadgets and what techie toys are you looking forward to its release? I don't actually know what's coming up. I'm, I always scratch my head every time I see a new item come up. I know there was one guy in Australia that was making amazing looking equipment, but it was all detecting the same stuff. It wasn't doing anything different. Mm. It looked fabulous. Mm-hmm. It was very steampunkish and, and everything, but um, didn't do anything new. It was just prettier. Yes. Yes. I don't know. What would you like to see happen in the world of technology and ghost hunting? Well, interestingly enough, I was reading an article about going backwards in time rather than going forwards in time and finishing off some experiments that were done by some of the investigators that may have lived 70 or 80 years ago that were doing this stuff mm. um, and that were coming up with gadgets that you know aren't all flashy and everything because they only had whatever they had at that time to use but um, they kind of didn't get to finish some of those experiments so maybe we need to go backwards rather than forwards yeah and I'm I'm curious to wonder whether we are actually we've actually well we know we haven't developed a gadget yet that would be close to even 50-60% where we're getting we we kind of think we're getting into that zone of being able to connect with spirit yeah it would be great to have something and I think it would sell out in seconds that that would give you a, a greater opportunity to really get communication going. Yeah, uh, uh, so got, much of yeah, so much of what it is at the moment is um, very much dependent on our input. You want a telephone from the dead? I don't do. You? I do. You want it easy? No, I want to. I I wish I could sit in that. Um, audience where the Italian little Italian gentleman had his oh, yes. his radio yep. set up. Uh, it wasn't even plugged Mor- in. Morricone, someone. Yeah, it wasn't yep. even plugged in. It was the old-fashioned radio, yep. and he'd just turn the dials, and everyone in the audience would hear voices coming out of it. Of their loved ones. Yeah. And yeah. you go, damn it, I want that to happen. Well, I want that to happen. Sit down with Bill Chappell and see what you can come up with. Mm. Yeah. Speaking of which, I want to give uh, Bill and Joe a shout out. It's their wedding anniversary. Oh, um, 40-something years. Good heavens, Bill. Wow. You don't You'd look be that out old. Of jail. You'd be out of jail faster than that if, yeah. yeah. 
committed so, a crime. Yeah. Um, Bill had very kindly did a, uh, art, a segment for us when we did our Halloween show a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he heard that we're coming to New Orleans and he wanted to know when we're going to be there. Oh. I wonder if he's going to try and catch up with us. Oh, that would be so cool. It would be so much fun. Oh, Bill, make it happen, make it happen. Uh, and also our other friend, Patrick. We, we can't meet up with him this time, but we said that maybe we'll, we'll just make a trip next September and go and hang out with Patrick yes. from the Big Seance podcast. Yep. He's, he's already suggested some haunted places in mm. America we can go to, so yeah. that'll be fun. I think we can have a road trip. Yeah. Um, now, there is one other message, and this is from Helen. She said, it's not quite a shout out, but I just got back to Oz from two years and living in the UK after looking after her mum who had passed from bowel cancer. Oh, my darling. Since she passed in June, I've been getting white feathers everywhere at home. Nice to know mum is still around me. And she sent a photo of her mum who looks like the kindest, most beautiful soul. And I bet she always got her hair done to look that glorious because she looked fabulous in that photo. Yeah, well, they used to all go to sleep in curlers, didn't they, back then? Yeah, they did. Well, it's the top of the hour. We're going to throw a couple of songs at you and then we're going to be back with Cousin Steve's Creepy Corner. Wow. <laughs> Make sure you come back. It's time to cross back to the other side. Welcome back to Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata. Well, a big hello out there from across the pond. That is right. I may be gone, but not forgotten. It is that time of the night. It's time for the creepy corner where we dig up the dirt on this week's paranormal pop culture. And this week we are stepping back into the cinemas. That's right. Ghouls and goblins everywhere. That time has come again. It is time for us to delve back into the Conjuring universe with the long-awaited release of The Nun 2. There has been an incident. Killings across Europe. You are the only person who has dealt with something like this. What we're going after... It's unlike anything you've ever seen. The Nun, Chapter 2, rated R, only in theaters. So this is obviously a sequel to the 2018 film, The Nun, where a priest with a haunted past and a novitiate on the threshold of her final vows are sent by the Vatican to investigate a cloistered abbey in Romania where a young nun has dramatically taken her own life. Together, they uncover the order's unholy secret, risking not only their lives, but their faith and their very souls. They confront a malevolent force in the form of a demonic nun. The original movie is a spin-off slash prequel to 2016's The Conjuring 2, and it's the fifth installment in The Conjuring universe, and introduces us to evil in the form of a demonic nun, an incarnation of the demon Valet, 
and it's widely believed to be one of the, if not the most scary film in the Conjuring series after the original film. So it's no surprise that after its pretty massive success, uh, a sequel was greenlit from a budget of $22 million. The original Nun film made $356.6 million, which proves horror is still huge at the box office. But it's taken till 2023 for us to get back in the habit, as it were. So let's talk a little bit more about the brand new movie that is scaring up cinemas right now. Set in 1956, four short years after the events of the first film, Sister Irene is sent to investigate after a priest is violently murdered. She once again comes face to face with a powerful evil that is intent on claiming as many souls as possible. In this new installment, we have returning stars Tasia Formiga as Sister Irene, Joseph Lequet, as Frenchie and the incomparable Bonnie Arons as Valak, the nun. Now this movie is getting major, major hype. Again, with reports saying that this is setting the Conjuring series right again, making things scary and sinister. I mean, how can you go wrong? We have good versus evil, we have demonic nuns, we have beautiful French countryside, throw it all into a blender and you can't really make a mistake. After the last two installments of the Conjuring franchise, I think that there was a little bit of panic, especially The Devil Made Me Do It, The Conjuring 3, seems to really have put people off the original franchise. I think with the more that people are finding out about the Warrens and the truth behind the quote-unquote true stories the Conjuring movies are peddled as, we're getting a little bit wary. So why not delve back into a little bit of fiction to give us a fright? The original movie was great. It was very cinematic. It put you in its place. There was great direction, fantastic acting, amazing sets, and it looks like The Nun 2 is going to serve up the exact same scares and frights, which I think you can't really go wrong with. We've got a lot of religious-based horror coming out. Of course, the biggest one looming on the horizon is The Exorcist Believer, which has been pushed forward to October 6th to give Halloween a real kickstart. But It'll be interesting to see how this movie is received. As we've just said, there is diminishing returns in quality on the Conjuring universe, and the next official Conjuring film is labelled Last Rites. So we're expecting that it'll be the last cinematic outing for the big screen version of Ed and the Rain, Patrick Wilson, and Vera Farmiga. But interestingly, there is a Conjuring TV series in the works. Now, James Wan, the brains behind the Conjuring universe, has said that there is enough material for 30 years worth of films delving into the archives of the Warrens. 
and it looks like they're going to hold fast on that threat with a whole series of scares yet to come our way. But we need to know now, are you going to be going to the cinemas to check out The Nun 2? Did you see the first film? What is your favourite movie in the Conjuring franchise? Make sure you text in your responses and let your feelings be known. So until next week, I'm closing up the creepy corner and handing things back over to the ghost grannies and Renata. Stay spooky, folks. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Welcome back, everyone, uh, to Spooky Sundays. Anne and Renata here in the studio. And that was our beautiful cousin, Steve. I'm sacking him. Oh, my God. He had background music. He had (laughs) clips in there. I'm sacking him. We can't have that. He showed us up. uh, I know, right? How amazing was that? Did you love... Steve's creepy corner. He did an amazing job. He he pre-recorded that yeah. uh, for us. He's currently in England, yeah. about to fly to the states. Uh, he was overseeing the Sugar Babes, and then he's heading over to Vegas for another show. I think. Yeah. Good on him. He's been working so hard, scraping up his pennies to yeah. get over there. So uh, good, good on you, Steve. Good work, Steve. Uh, I've got a shout out before I, do. I start my Chantel story. Chantel from Massachusetts has just um, said hello and she loves us and oh, she's very excited Chantel. that we're coming to the stage. She's Thank been listening you so to the much. show. Wow. Um, and also Emma made a lovely comment there as well. So thank you so much, ladies. Mm-hmm. Now, I've got a bit of a story. Um, oh, yay. And this kind of, it tweaked my interest because it something very similar happened to me about a week ago with someone who posted some information burps or something you keep pausing (laughs) yeah i'm sorry i'm trying to swallow my tea uh and uh, this story is about what happens when you tell someone their house isn't haunted and it comes from higgypop.com now this was written by steve higgins and steve actually manages and runs higgypop and some of the stuff on here is just super fantastic so if you're interested in good paranormal content head over to higgypop.com because you will find a lot of great information there. So this is his story. Back in 2012, I was asked to investigate a haunted house by its owner. He wanted me and the team I was working with to get to the bottom of the strange goings on there. I feel we did this, but because our findings didn't match those of the owner, things got nasty. Oh, what a surprise. Mm. As it's been a few years since the incident, I thought I'd share the story, as I'm sure it's something that is fairly common amongst paranormal investigators Mm -hmm. when they encounter someone who is convinced that their property has resident ghosts. The thing to remember with a report of a haunting, as long as it's not totally made up, is that whether it is truly the result of the paranormal or not, the person really believes that they are experiencing something odd. And that is really, really important to understand. Even if it's not really paranormal phenomena, it is still totally real to them. For this reason, it's not really my place to tell someone their house isn't haunted because the fact I didn't experience anything or see any evidence of the paranormal there myself means nothing. If the owner has genuinely experienced what they deem to be paranormal activity, then who am I to argue with that? However, 
This doesn't change the fact that at the end of the day, a lot of people report that their house is haunted and it must be one of either three things. Their house is genuinely haunted, they are mistaken or they are lying. When I've investigated this particular house in Cornwall at the request of its owner, Mike, I found it to be quieter than my own non-haunted home. My conclusion was option number two. He must be mistaken. This left me with the problem of trying to work out how to write about my time in the house, as I always write lengthy articles on investigations. The thing is, I believe that Mike was mistaken, but I could be wrong, and he might genuinely be experiencing hauntings in the house. There's also the chance I was wrong and option three is correct, that Mike is lying. But he seemed genuine and his stories were consistent and I had no reason to think he was lying. So I carefully considered what I was going to write about the investigation. I couldn't shy away from writing that I didn't experience anything unusual in the house because that is the absolute truth. There is no point in me lying or pretending something happened when it didn't. I summed up my article on the investigation by saying that I knew nothing about the alleged hauntings in the house and spent a day there and experienced as little as I did. I would have no reason to think that the house is haunted. It was completely quiet and still, sometimes quieter than my own house where I often hear natural creaks and sounds. I went on to say that, despite this, none of us were willing to completely rule out the possibility that the house might be haunted. What was agreed upon, however, is that the house was much quieter during our time there than it seems to be for its owner, Mike. Up to this point, what I had written about the house hadn't ruffled any feathers. But little did I know that my next paragraph was going to result in a backlash of insults and accusations. I was still trying to be rational and honest, so I felt I needed to say, I don't know Mike well. He seems like a genuine guy, but the truth is I can't rule out the possibility that he is neither either imagining the activity or is making it up, which is true. I can't rule it out because I haven't been in the house with Mike when it has happened. I went on. If we're going to be fairly judge, uh, if we're going to fairly judge this case and get to the truth, then we do need to question why Mike experiences activity in the house when others don't seem to. It could be that the haunting is focused around Mike or that the spirits of the house simply chose not to show themselves to us during our time there. We say that all the time. Yeah. I felt I was justified in writing this. It was in no way an accusation and it felt honest and necessary. Then I wrote a little about how it might be that Mike was imagining the whole thing. It could be just to be the sounds that he attributed to normal things like external noise, the fridge or central heating. Mike attributes to the spirits of the house instead. But I balance the observations out by writing, this is just my opinion and I can't take away from the fact that Mike is experiencing something odd in his house. Now I'm going to go on a little bit. No, never. You never <coughs> go on a bit, Renata. I, no, I'm looking at the time. It, I, can I just say, it is freezing in here. Yeah, I've, um, I've it's making it me cough. I've turned it up. <laughs> uh, I thought that what I had written was fair and honest, but someone didn't. Do you think what you heard was fair and honest, Dan, up to this point? Yep, mm-hmm. I would. Mike was not happy. In a couple of days after Mike's publishing the article, I received a message from him saying, I saw your website, and because of you, I am being called a liar and a fake. You are calling me, my wife, and my mother liars. You make me sick. I was quite surprised by this response because he says that I called him and his family liars. I didn't. 
literally wrote the words, I personally don't think Mike is lying or intentionally trying to mislead anyone. So on it goes. In the message. Mike's upset. Mike seemed to be blaming me for some kind of backlash that he was experiencing. Because of you, I am being called a liar and a fake. I think I might have given too much credit because at the time of his message, my article had only been read by 40 people. Now, he checked his Twitter account and found tweets publicly uh, calling uh, me a twat, a uh, dickhead and an ass. So I sent Not a, a tweet simple... tweet on twat? Twat on tweet? A twat. Uh, uh, so I sent a simple, polite and non-antagonistic reply saying, I think you've misunderstood. I said in the article that I don't think you are lying. If people jump to a conclusion, then I'm sorry. And then I blocked him. It was a child. It was childish nonsense, as far as I was concerned. Oh, year twelve. No, you twelve-year-old uh, high school antics. Yeah, um, it's a shame that there were hard feelings, but I wasn't going to get involved in online name calling. Now, the incident was actually quite an interesting insight into what happens when you tell someone that a house they believe isn't haunted. Uh, well, they believe to be haunted, isn't haunted. And we get this. We we get this in the face of the people who are sitting in the house and are saying that they have things happen. Mm-hmm. And when we arrive, it's crickets. Yep. It's like they know that someone is going to come in, and that's the spirits I'm talking about, and is going to maybe, I don't know, are they afraid that we're going to maybe move them on or whatever? Um, and everything just goes really, really quiet. Mm. We have, I've, I've personally had this happen so many <coughs> times, it's unbelievable. Um, I don't think we've ever gone to a private case where there has been phenomena. Mm, yeah. And we've normally got to the bottom of it every time yeah. of what actually is going on. Oh, no, there was one that we went to at Buller Dealer where the lady was bringing out um, things that her husband had made mm-hmm. and we were getting spikes of EMF around that a lot. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was something or maybe it was somebody's phone going off mm-hmm. nearby. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But it, it is difficult and this whole thing sort of just keeps going on. If you ask for advice... Uh, or if you ask us to come out, we're not going to lie. And good investigators don't. And we're not going to blow smoke up your ass either yeah. and pretend that you're, uh, um, you know, everything that's going on there is paranormal. Mm. We will just give you our truth. Yeah. Um, and that is not to say that you aren't having things happen while we aren't there. It's just that we aren't seeing them. Mm. Um, and all we can do is give you a general overview of what we think might be able to help or assist. Uh, and then the interesting thing, in as I finish, is that people are so worried about their house being haunted. But we come out and we give advice and we say to them, please call us back. Let us know what's going on. Yeah, let us know how, how you go. And we don't hear a word no. from them. No. Not a single and word. And you follow up with an email saying, just checking how you're going. Is there yeah. anything we can do to help? Nothing. Nothing. So they either do one of two things. They've gone, okay, all right, well, we'll go with that, or let's go find somebody else. Yeah, they, and that happened to me with a case on the Central Coast. She was going through paranormal investigators like nothing else because she wanted someone to confirm that she was not going crazy and that it was a ghost. Yeah, yeah. Mm, she was going crazy. Yeah. yeah. Poor loves. Yeah. Okay, all right, let's go to a song and we'll be back shortly. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. 
Welcome back, everyone. And uh, I believe, Anne, it is time for your final story of the night. It is. We're uh, running a little bit late tonight, but that's okay. We still have to finish at 10 because we get cut off. Yes. Completely cut off. Um, Yeah, so I uh, found a story that went along with my story from last week. Now, this will test you all. Now, Renata, do you remember visiting... On our trip to England, the Roll Wright Stones. Yes. And that was one of our very first English trips that we did together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's where we learned to get on in a <laughs> small space. <laughs> um, now, the Roll Wright Stones, you, you've heard of the Stonehenge and all those sorts of things, and um, these stone uh, structures or pagan sites. And this one was uh, in near the little village of Long Compton, near the borders of Oxfordshire and Warwick, Warwickshire in the English Midlands. And it's not just a stone circle. There is more to it than that. There are three uh, structures close by to each other, and they've sort of clumped them together as a bit of a theme. Mm-hmm. So they've got the King's Men. Yes. It's a stone circle believed to date back to the late Neolithic or early Bronze Age. It just blows my mind these, how long ago. The 2000 BC, 2500 yeah. BC, yeah. consists of 70 stones, though the exact numbers, they're not real sure because um, there's some broken ones and fallen ones. So it's from a long time ago. Um, then there was the King Stone, which is about 250 feet, 76 metres away mm-hmm. from the circle. That is a single monolith. Mm-hmm. Of weathered limestone, mm-hmm. you have and to get into somebody's um, farm. Yes, um, I, I remember walking around. I also remember the uh, sculpture that was there. Remember the yes. the hay yep. witches? Yep, I have a huge photograph of that, and uh, it's been destroyed since then. The yeah. weather took it. Mm-hmm. It was stunning. Uh, anyway, um, so that the Kingstone is also um, from the late. Bronze Age, Middle Bronze Age. It's a little bit younger than the the King's Men's Circle. And then, a bit further away again, we have the Whispering Knights. And this is a group of stones uh, that are east of the King's Men, and it's a burial chamber dating back to the early or mid-Neolithic, which makes it the oldest part mm-hmm. of the whole roll right uh, sort of... Site. Site, mm-hmm. yeah. So... There's been weird things that have gone on there, and one of the uh, I just I lost my notes. I printed up all these notes and I left them at home, but I did have them all still here on my computer. So luckily, I've got them. Um, we did walk around the stones too. Yeah, we Remember? did. We mm. did. Uh, there was there's the whole thing about. Um, a witch cursing them and uh, they were frozen in time uh-huh. and that sort of stuff. But did you know that there were um, Bigfoot sightings there or something? No. Si- I know. That shocked me. Apparently in 1977, there were, as a count of two witnesses who reported seeing a large shaggy creature near the Rollwright Stones. It could have been my husband back then. <laughs> um, this creature was described as being upright and covered in hair, leading some to draw the conclusion that it was a Bigfoot or a Sasquatch, although that's North America. Yeah, it's not that's an not, English thing at all. Not an English all. thing at all. Uh, and there was something that they said about how it appeared. Uh, it sort of 
shimmered in and out mm-hmm. of vision, which I thought was really interesting. Just trying to find all the notes. Uh, then there was another person who saw it in 1998, I think it was. Uh, so the same sort of hairy man. This, uh, sorry. Um, this is Cheryl Andrews, who in 1982 also saw something there that she couldn't explain. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I had that. I think that's on the bit of paper that's gone missing with my... Um, story about it but uh, yeah she saw something similar there as well uh but is this maybe a portal of some form or other Mm, could be remember the (coughs) the story Mm -hmm. about the scottish woman that uh, slipped through time yes everyone loved that show what was it oh the art no oh yeah scottish or irish um oh yeah scottish Yes, yeah. yes. With the, um, the That's clans. That's because there was a hunky man oh, involved. Yeah, he was. But, but. They wouldn't have been so happy with some old guy. I'm, I'm going to now bring. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there was the, the sexy Scottish older guy in that as well. <coughs> um, anyway, we, we, we do stray. We digress. Uh, I'm going to now bring it back to my link to my story last week. Do you remember my story last week? No, no idea. <sighs> <sighs> All right. Let me tell you, once there was a king aspiring to conquer all of England and he was marching his army, when he reached the site of the Rollwright Stones, he was confronted by a witch, uh, often described oh. as the Rollwright Witch. Right, okay. She made a prophecy mm-hmm. telling the king, seven long strides thou shalt take, and if long Compton thou canst see, king of England thou shalt be. Hearing this, the ambitious king took seven steps forward, but a rise in the ground blocked his view of the nearby village Long Compton. Having failed the challenge, the witch spoke again. As Long Compton thou canst not see, king of England thou thou shalt not be. Rise up, stick, and stand still stone, for king of England thou shalt be none. Thou and thy... Men, horse, stone shall be, and my I myself an elder tree. So these words, the witch turned the king into a the stone. lone standing stone known as the king's stone. Yeah. Soldiers were transformed into the circle of stones known as the king's men, and a group of treacherous knights who were plotting against the king were turned into the whispering knights. Mm-hmm. Then the witch herself supposedly transformed into an elder tree, which is said to be nearby. She still watches over the stones. Some versions of the legend also claim that stones come to life and dance at midnight on certain pagan holidays. Oh, so cool. That would be so cool. Um, now, I, I have to find – I've got it here on my note, so maybe you can just pop off to a song so I can now link you together okay. and I'll, I'll get you the rest of this information. All right, we're going to pop off to a song. Be back soon. Spooky Sundays with Anne and Renata on Newcastle Live. Welcome back, everyone. And look, it's good to know that people are still listening right up until the end because our wonderful listeners have helped us out with the name of that show, Outlander. Thank you. Yeah, Outlander. And I think... I'm starting our, to lose my voice. Our beautiful Robert has actually also just sent... A, oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. <No. laughs> 
Oh, Robert, like, you know, um, I'm sorry, but we've squirreled now. Yep. And, I've got to um, finish my story. Shane has said that there are Bigfoots in England. Yeah. Right. Okay. So. We're not had, we're not wise on Bigfoots no, and Yowies and, no, that's and not cryptids. Our, yeah, that's uh, not our, our. What do you normally say? Geez, that's, <laughs> that's not our jizz. <laughs> oh. Oh, was that a snort? Oh, All right, so I'm now drawing it all. Can that be a T-shirt? It's not my jizz. It's not my jizz. I'm special on it. Tell us if you'd wear that. Now, I'm going to tie it all back in. I've got all my little threads. I'm going to tie it up into a little bundle of knots now. So we talked about the witch. Yes. Then when we have these standing stones and uh, these outcroppings and things, the the locals like to spin yarns and stories about it. And the one that they came up with for this one is that the Rollwright stones are made up of the circle, referred to the king's men, rada, rada, rada. Uh, it's a legend that dates back to the first decade of the 17th century, so that's 1600s. Uh, so the story goes, a well-known local character called Mother Shipton mm-hmm. did not kind, take kindly to the king and his knights intruding upon her land. And so as a result, she cast an ancient, powerful spell and inter- turned the entire party into blocks of stone. So we we sort of knew yeah. that it was done by a witch, but then the witch was meant to have uh, turned herself into a tree that was there as well. Mm-hmm. So we know that Mother <coughs> Shipton was from Nesborough. Mm-hmm. I don't know how close that is to there. Mm-hmm. Maybe she gets around England on a broomstick. On a broomstick. Yeah. Um, and I found the description of the monsters that uh, somebody saw. So this was uh, Paul Devereux, is a noted expert on British base stone circles, and he had some people doing a dig in that area and at the height of the investigation one of Devereux's teams caught a very brief view of a large and shaggy animal with coarse grey hair roaming near one of the stones in an instant it was gone something which prevented the witness from getting a good look at it that sounds like an Irish wolfhound Mm. they're big yeah but upright would be an upright Mm. don't know depends how it's trying to pee Mm. and then I found Cheryl's description Um, she saw uh, something she termed as a a thing it was a British British Bigfoot Uh, it vanished right before her she described uh, as a dense fog uh, looked like a gorilla, but it had human eyes oh how terrifying so there's a, a fog that it's emerged from that could be alien Mm. They're breathing in their air. Mm. It sounds really portalish, doesn't it? It does. It's coming in and out of that area. And if you think about those circles, they're sacred places. They're places where you cross the veil. Yes. Dimensional, Ooh. interdimensional. Yes. Mm. Outlander mm. did that. Mm. Interesting. Yes. Very interesting. Mm. Mm. Good story. Yeah. 
So what have we got on this week, Renata? Uh, this week we are really starting to prep for our trip overseas. We'll probably get in contact with all of our lovely people that are going over and just um, <coughs> giving them uh, their, our final notes of things to remember and things to do. Yep. So we might do that. Um, I oh, do, do you know what my hot tip is to pack? Mm-hmm. Because we took this, I gave you one as well, so you make sure you dig it out. We had a little portable fan that was Mm -hmm. a USB plug. Yes. And that saved us when we were in Germany and Prague Mm -hmm. because some of the places did not have air conditioning. Yeah. And we nearly died. Yes. And it's going to be steamy still in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think many of the places we are going to does have air con, but uh, you know us. we, We like a breeze. Yes. Or at the moment, you like a an ice chest, mm-hmm. uh, but that's my my hot tip is take a little fan with you if you like cool air or air movement. Uh, what else have we got on? Uh, we've got some investigations at the end of the um, week. Uh, I do have a free workshop. Oh yes, you've got a free workshop coming up. Tell um, us about that. All about um, self esteem and confidence, uh, and <coughs> that is going to be part of my um, Tarot Queen uh, Facebook page. So you'll be able to go onto Tarot Queen uh, there and um, check out the free workshop that will be happening on Tuesday at seven p.m. And also for your viewing pleasure, there is another misadventures up. And I would just like to take a brief moment here. I'm just going to scroll down there. Oh, it's playing in the background. I better stop that. Um, It's Lancaster Prison. And that's where we uh, talk about the witches of the Pendle Hill trial. Mm -hmm. And we actually go into the well where they were kept. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would like to thank the 102 people that have viewed that. Obviously, we didn't mention the word demon. No, we didn't. No, no. I did have a black cat sitting on a fence, though, (sighs) that I put into my thumbnail. But if you head over to YouTube, it's the UK episode 15, Lancaster Prison, UK. Right. Okay, we need to skedaddle out of here. Uh, We are going to finish up with a great song, so get ready to dance and sing very loudly. We hope you have enjoyed the evening, um, all of our stories. We hope you have enjoyed the music. Please come back next week. Um, If you want to leave a message, um, send it in on 0490-84886. We will get it next week. Until then... Oh, see you on the dark side. Stay spooky. Be frightfully good. And don't, don't be, be a, a dickhead. dickhead. <laughs> Bye. Bye.